Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. Going to things like Chad DPT for ideas, I know a lot of people say they ideate. I would say first, you have got to listen first. If you are communicating with people, you are reading their responses, you are talking to them, you are taking sales calls, your audience is going to tell you exactly what they want to hear. And an AI robot's not going to tell you that. Your audience is very specific to you. They're going to share that with you. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a productivity coach certified in positive psychology and stress management. Join me as we explore ways to live a more proactive, positive life with episodes on productivity, self-awareness, mindset, entrepreneur life, habits and systems, simplicity, fun, and more. I understand overwhelm personally as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and as a caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today we're extending our conversation about AI for content creation. Joining me is Christine McShane, a copywriter and content writer who understands that good writing is more than just pretty words. It should be compelling and achieve your underlying business objectives. Through her one-on-one work and her private memberships, she helps your prospects become best friends with your brand. Our conversation picks up where Andrea Jones and I left off in episode 157. And I think you're going to love the way Christine describes AI's role in your business. Her perspective is that every single web page, blog post, email, or social media post can be the connection and exchange that your audience is craving. So how do we do that while automating with AI? Christine explains that our content must come from listening to and connecting with our community before we start the automating. The good news is once we have the right foundation, AI, like ChatGPT, can enhance what we do. Christine and I discuss the areas content creators fall down when they turn to AI and places where AI can shine and really do the heavy lifting for us. One thing that jumped out for me in this discussion was the concept of being productive versus busy. I know I talk about this all the time, but it was really highlighted in this idea of where we would use AI for content creation. Sometimes it can take a bit more work on the front end, but the results are worth it. So it's important that you understand why you're doing what you're doing, why you're creating this content in the first place, and to do it in a way that works for you. That's what I coach, and I'd love to hear what you think. I'd be honored to unpack some of this with you. So I welcome you to message me or book a call with me if you prefer. You can do so on my Connect page of the website. That's PositivelyProductive.com slash connect. Now let's join Christine and let's talk about how we can use AI to enhance our digital connections and content. 
Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast, Christine McShane. I am so excited to talk to you today. I'm so happy to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, we have a really interesting topic to dig into that, oh, it complements some other amazing conversations we've had on the podcast. But before we dig into it, I would love it if you would tell us a bit about who you are, who you help, and my favorite part of this, what makes you light up? Mm, that's such a good question. Thank you. My name is Christine McShane. I run Christine McShane Creative. My ultimate goal is to help you stand out and show up so that you can serve more. I work with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small businesses, show up authentically. And I know that word is sort of overused right now, but showing up as who you really are, because that's ultimately your moneymaker. That's how you're going to attract the people who are right fit. For you and I help them do that through words. I'm a copywriter and a content strategist and content creator. I also do brand photography for people who are close to me geographically. And I host a networking group to literally, literally help them show up. So everything I do is about helping people show up as their whole selves to attract the right clients. Yeah, you and I had talked about that actually in some of the other conversations we've had because I am part of your community and you do literally help me show up in a different way and to different people. And one of the things I love the most is how much you do make a safe space for authenticity. I could show up as my wacky self and, you know, everyone was like, open arms, let's do this. And I know as a creative and, you know, we're both multi-passionate creatives that you create your best when you do get to be authentic and whether or not that word is used, overused, abused, it still stands because we have to be us. We do. There's only so much a facade can hold up. And and do you really want to work with people who want to work with the facade or do you want to work with people who see the real you and want to work with you? I don't know about you, but I like I like option B. <laughs> Exactly. Again, too, depending upon what you're doing, and I think so many of us and you and I both are in this situation where trust is important for what we do. And it brings out the best in what we do when there's trust. If I'm trying to coach someone through any aspect of their lives, we're not going to get where we need to go if they can't trust me. And learning to trust me starts at the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And it, honestly, it's just like having a friend, right? You meet the friend for the first time. Maybe you, you're a parent, you meet another parent at the playground, or you have a coworker that you work on a project with, or a neighbor that you, you know, say hi to when you're walking down the street. And then over time, you start to have more conversations and you start to see, does this vibe match? Oh, okay. Like I'm enjoying our interactions. Oh, okay. Like they get me or they have the same personality is me or they like the same things as me. And then you start to want to be around that person more. You want to let them into your circle more, into your life more. And it's just the same way with personal brands, especially, but all brands, right? All brands, we make those buying decisions. We let them into our lives. We trust them with our lives, products and services, because we built that trust. You're absolutely right. One of the things that you're really big about, and it's a critical part of our conversation today is this idea of connections along with content, right? So we're designing content, but there's something about the connection, something about community. You've built communities. I've built communities. We talked about communities with Simon Cardinal on the podcast, and it's so important. What are you seeing in terms of maybe 
the intersection between community and content or connection, right, that we're looking for? Absolutely. So there's a huge intersection. So I think, Lisa, now more than ever, people are craving community. We're coming off the heels of a pandemic where we were all isolated. We are in this trend of work from home. We're in trends of everybody being busy. All this technology that ties us together has been wonderful, but we still crave that human connection, whether it's on Zoom or in person. We're craving communities. I think that's one consistent thing across the entire human experience is that we all want that connection. How we want that connection to manifest itself, of course, is going to differ from individual to individual. So, you know, communities, we were talking before the podcast recorded, it's not just a literal community. So I have a literal community, I have a networking community, but when you create your content, your email list, your subscribers are your community, right? Your podcast listeners, Lisa, are your community. It's just a different format of community. People who are producing content through social media, that is also a community. If you don't believe me, go look at the comments. Go read the comments of a lot of like celebrities or big brands. These people are loyal. They talk to each other in the comments. So this brand or this personality or this personal brand, this identity, they're creating a little mini community inside the comments of their social media platform. That's community. People are connecting. Hey, I like this video too. What do you think? You know, and they're talking to each other. When we talk about content that connects, right? And I'm sure you've heard that term. All copywriters say that because it's catchy and it's alliteration and all that, but it's true. You want content that connects with the audience, whoever that is for you, whoever you want to build that relationship with. Something that goes, oh, that got me in the feels or that's interesting to me or want to replay that video, or I want to reread that email, or I just want to hit reply and talk to the person. Just eliciting that emotional reaction, connection, resonating, or identifying with. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting and such a good reminder of the different ways that we can do that. Connection can be making someone have an aha moment, making someone start to think, you know, oh, wait a minute. Um, It can be the, oh, that's so totally me. It can be the, ooh, that makes me angry, (laughs) like whatever connection you want to have, I guess. But you're making them respond. And I suppose in the way that I I know that you and I want this, the connection that I desire is for someone to be like, you get me. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in the right place. Yes. And don't we all want to feel that way? Yeah. I do. Look at the popularity of sharing memes. Right. So someone will post a meme, you know, like, hey, I just left Target without spending $300. Go me, you know, something like that. I would laugh and I would like that. And I would say I I identify with that because Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to leave Target without spending $300. And so I might even share that. And then my friends will giggle and they'll laugh. We've connected over just a, a silly little meme that just resonated with some little piece of our life, just a little Now, of course, then there's the other side. There's certainly content that touches large portions of our lives or very important portions of our lives, whether it's like processing trauma or inspiring action or achieving our goals, whatever that may be. But if you can elicit that response from them, how powerful and what a gift. It's you're giving them a gift and they want to receive it. 
Absolutely. I mean, it feels so good when someone understands you and it feels like a relief sometimes when you find the right space. And I have to say that online, which is amazing, we have all these opportunities can also be a little bit of like a jungle out there, right? Where you're you're jumping into communities and groups and stuff. And sometimes I can be like, oh, yay. All right. These are my people. And then other times I can be like that gif with the little toddler who runs down the hallway and then he sees something and his face is like, <gasps> and, and, his, and he turns around and runs the other way. Yes. And so it, it really is a gift. And so I got to give a shout out to my biz bestie, Liz August, who introduced us and said, hey, you need to be part of Christine's group. And when I first joined, even though I'm an extrovert and I'm like, all right, let's find my people, it was still a little nerve wracking. And the first time you said, listen, (laughs) we're here for human and real connection. Here are the rules so that we play nice with each other. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like it was a relief. (laughs) It was like, yes, she's my people. She gets it. I can do this. This is the right place to be. And I love feeling that way. And one of the things you do prioritize is that human connection and finding those ways. And I have loved being able to do this. We haven't met in person yet, not yet, <laughs> but we've connected and we can do it this way. We can do it in this digital world, but I'm curious. So now we have this whole, we need to prioritize this human connection. We need to prioritize community. How do we do that with so much automation and opportunity coming up? And I'm saying this as a lover of automation. It's so efficient and productive. So I guess my first question would be, what have you been seeing in terms of using AI, the good, the bad, the ugly, the awesome, whatever? And then, yeah, where can we take it? Love this question. And it is so timely. And I know, Lisa, that whatever I say is probably going to be different like six months from now and definitely different a year from now, two years from now. This AI landscape is changing so fast. And I know that there are you know, lots of entrepreneurs that feel a little bit left behind. They're like, I don't even know what apps to use. I'm like, that's because there's a new one every day. Like, so <laughs> it's true. Give yourself a little grace for not feeling like you're totally on top of every single app that there is. But I'm going to narrow it. Of course, AI touches just about every single piece of technology in our lives, whether we know it or not. I'm going to restrict this conversation really to just content for the sake of narrowing this down. So, of course, we've all heard of our friend ChatGPT. There's Jasper.ai, Copy.ai. Like there's, you know, there's a bunch of content creation tools, whether it's words like the ones I just mentioned, images, music, video tons of tools there. And what was interesting to me as a content creator, as a writer, as a copywriter, I'm a writer originally, that was, you know, my first love. Writing is all about communicating in a way that elicits a response from the reader, makes them think, makes them want to keep reading and come away with something new, connecting with that reader. So that's the origin of how I do everything. When this sort of exploded on the scene and I'm just going to say ChatGPT, when that exploded on the scene to everyone on the planet, you know, I work with entrepreneurs that are like, oh God, I, you know, content to them is a burden. It's overwhelming. They don't know what to say. They don't have the time. They sit down, writing the words feels clunky and onerous, and they 
saw this thing come out and they're like, this is the answer to my prayers. This is going to create all this content for me. They've been promised that I was told I could create a blog post in six minutes and boom, I just did six months of blog posts and I'm putting it out there. And this must mean that I'm going to make all this money because I am so connecting with my audience. And so I say this with love, but the, you know, the people who are in the business, we all sort of looked at it like, all right, now, like what you don't want to miss is that very important first piece, listening to what people want to connect about, thinking about what I've heard, what do I do? How can I connect the two and deliver it in a way that the people I want to work with want to receive it? That's a big sentence. That's a big job. Once you have that sort of nailed down, and I say nailed down loosely because that changes like continually, then you can go to the tools and say, give me an outline for this idea. So I'll give you an example. One of my highest converting emails that I ever wrote in recent times anyways, what happened was I was at a networking event and there was a person who was complaining about a particular marketing technique. And I saw all these heads bobbing up and down. Yes, they were nodding up and down that they all didn't understand this marketing technique. So I was on the call and I said, you know what, I'm a copywriter and I'm going to tell you why that is the way it is and what you can do about it. So when I got off that meeting, I immediately pulled up my, you know, my Google Docs and I wrote, I wrote an email about it. Why? Because I listened. That was something they all connected about. It was something that they were interested in. They had big feelings about, and they all were communicating with each other about. That delivered to me exactly what I needed to share. So I wrote an email about it, and I explained why this marketing tactic was used and what you can do about it, and would you use it, and here's why. It converted into, first of all, had a great open rate, converted into sales, and some converted into big sales and then some just converted into responses of like, thank you for telling me that because I didn't know that. So going to things like ChatGPT for ideas, I know a lot of people say they ideate. I would say first, you have got to listen first. If you are communicating with people, you are reading their responses, you are talking to them, you are taking sales calls, your audience is going to tell you exactly what they want to hear. And an AI robot's not going to tell you that. Your audience is very specific to you. They're going to share that with you. So what I did was I heard that, I recognized that, took that, now I wrote it. Now I'm a writer and that's what I do. People pay me to write for them. So I wouldn't have run that through ChatGPT. But in that case, all right, let's say I have that idea. Maybe I start an outline or maybe I'm struggling with a subject line and I might ask, one of these AI tools, can you give me five variations of the subject line? And you will know with your brand, oh, those three just don't sound like me, but these two, maybe if I kind of work with them, like that sparked an idea with me, it can move you through writer's block. So it can move you through some of the stuff that you find annoying, or you find like, oh, this is so close, but not exactly. Maybe you run it through and say, can you tighten this up a little bit? because short emails are the trends now. Can you tighten this up for me? But the juice of it came from you and it came from listening to real people's ideas, inner dialogue, connections. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. And the first thing that came to my mind as you were describing this was how I make the distinction constantly. You're like, Lisa, yes, I've heard this before. Sorry, not sorry, saying it again. It's that busy versus productive concept, right? So when you're letting AI take over and you're like, hey, what do I need to write about? Or even giving it a basic prompt or an idea or a topic, it's going to pull from everywhere and it's going to do lots of stuff and it's going to spit out lots of stuff for you. Yes. But that is not necessarily going to convert a thing. No. It is not necessarily going to make the connection that you want to connect. It is not necessarily going to serve and or nurture your audience in the way that you would want. So great. You did lots of stuff. It's like checking off lots of stuff on your task list. And I'm like, but did you procrastinate work or did you actually get things done that you need to? So that's how it feels to me when you describe it. It makes sense. 100%. And the other thing I want to make sure everybody realizes is that everybody on the planet now has access to these tools that you have access to. Mm-hmm. Right. So some people might be paying for them. Some people might be using free versions but close enough. Everybody has access to this. And this is where, and I think in your previous podcast with Andrea Jones, she said the same thing. There's never been a better opportunity than now to stand out because all of your colleagues and peers and competitors, or many of them, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them are going straight to AI creating AI content. And they're all basically saying the same things, maybe maybe slightly worded differently. Actually, I will tell you this, Lisa, I'm not going to say which tool this was, but in my private membership group where we create content together, we ran a test. Two different users opened up the same tool. We were on a Zoom together and they put in the same prompt and they both got almost the same exact, they asked for a blog post. So maybe I'm going to make this up. A uh, blog post on how to write a sales email. Their blog post was virtually word for word. 90% of it was word for word. And maybe there were a couple of sentences that might've been like off, you know, reworded a little bit. And we were all just dumbfounded. So first of all, if you think like that's going to help you with SEO, being 90% the same as somebody else is not going to help you with SEO, but that's, that's for a whole other conversation. But if you're trying to stand out and be a leader and be trustworthy and show that you know what you're talking about, how do you think that looks when your blog post is the same thing that your colleague just posted and you just didn't know it? Yeah. And I mean, for you to, to run that, I feel like I've seen that so many times. Now, of course, I've also gone in a different direction where I'm like, okay, all of you over there, and I don't make it like an us and them, but I'm just saying, yeah. traditionally, the chats about productivity have all been focused on this. I would like you to think about this over here, which is more of the foundational part of it, the values and the strengths and the personality and what it actually means, why we're doing it in the first place, why we even want to be productive, how we're defining it. So that's a different conversation entirely. But even when you're having these conversations, there are resources out there that it's going to pull from. And I also thought when you were saying how everyone has access, we are also contributing content to this big machine, if you will, that is now trolling the interwebs more and more. 
And it's going to become, I think, even more homogenized, if you will, in terms of the content, the more we're all putting that in. So yeah, there's aspects of trustworthiness, leadership, standing out. And so I also something else that Andrea and I talked about, and you know, I think it bears repeating, not only do you have this issue where you're not necessarily going to stand out because your competitor or someone maybe even who's in a different industry and you would never have come across is saying the same exact thing you are. And then there's the SEO, but also what about copyright? I mean, we've got lots of issues. This is a proceed with extreme caution here kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to sort of mention that during the call. Right now, it's very nebulous. I've been monitoring the U.S. Copyright Office webpage. They are doing like learning sessions or listening sessions. I can't remember what, what, what the terminology is, but they will be issuing some guidelines later this year. So right now, it's really up in the air. I think of as of right now, you cannot copyright anything that was machine generated. What I think they need to figure out is what about this hybrid? Like it was machine generated, but I modified some of it, then what? So first of all, watch out for those copyright issues. On the flip side, there's a lot of lawsuits from artists and people whose work, copyrighted work, has been used to train all of these large language models. So, you know, proceed with caution because you could be unknowingly using copyrighted materials. I am not a lawyer and I would never dream to advise anybody on anything legal. I'm just saying, keep your eyes and ears open. And I'm not talking about just words. I'm talking about if you use AI generated images, if you use AI generated music, any of that stuff, keep track. Here's my piece of advice. Keep track of what you use that's AI generated, because if you have to walk it back, you know where it is. I think that's so important. And so right now, uh, yeah, because I I jokingly say, um, I'm not a lawyer, don't play one on TV, but it's the, here are things to question and here are things to say, okay, I mean, this is productivity. This is, this is way more than, than, than that, actually. What do I want to do as I proceed, you know, with my business, with my life, with my creations that is like the next, not just the next best step, but the next safest step. So it's like, so if there are places that I can step that are going to be in real question or moving so fast and changing so fast right now, maybe that's not the best place to step if we can instead step in a safer place. And so to that point, there's the segue for digging just a little more into what can we walk away with? What heavy lifting can we have? AI do for us? The ideation's a big one, but uh, I like what you were saying before. I guess this would all fall under ideation, but like, you know, figuring out different titles and things like that. So where do you see it being really handy? And, you know, as we're saying, a way to enhance what it is that we're doing? I kind of look at it as like an intern, right? Or just like a, a buddy. I wouldn't turn over my intellectual property, my bread and butter to an intern. I wouldn't because people work with me because of who I am and how I synthesize the information that I've received. And I synthesize it in my own individual way. And then I teach that. I teach that and I execute it in a very specific way for bot copywriting and content creation and in my membership. So I wouldn't outsource that to an intern. But what I would do is sit down with an intern and like be like, yeah, let's like, what do you think? What am I missing here? How can I beef this up? 
or this seems awkward. How would I rewrite this? What can I do with this headline to make it a little snappier? I think that in that podcast with Andrea Jones, she had said she used it to ask for like a headline that was in the Shakespeare terms or something like that. I was like, that is a genius way to use it. It's you're coming at it with a creative spin. You're looking at a very specific aspect of your content. You're not asking AI to be you, that you're just saying like, I need a little creative help here coming at it from this direction. That's where is genius because you've put together something original and then you're just asking AI to sort of like help you out, make it a little bit better instead of the people who are just, please write me a blog post about how to write a sales letter and then just copy and paste that. To your point, Lisa, you said what, you know, when you're doing productivity coaching, you ask them something like, why are we, why do you want to be productive? What are we doing here with these tasks? I would ask, ask yourself, why am I creating content? Am I doing it because someone told me that I better have an email list or that I'm supposed to be posting on social media three times a week in order to make money? That's not a good enough plan. <laughs> you should really have thought it through a little bit more because why waste time? Maybe an email list isn't for you, or maybe social media isn't for you, but email list is. So getting clear, so you're not wasting time. And I use it for other things, but sometimes I, so I, you're, you're in my community. I have a community and in my networking community, sometimes I will ask questions. I post them on a daily, just to get conversations started, right? And I'm pretty selective about the questions that I ask. I don't just ask, what's your favorite ice cream? Although actually I will sometimes do it if it's like, a Friday. And I just want to be like fun and goofy. Well, that's also sounds important to me because ice cream really matters to me, but you know, that's... It, it, it is, it does. <laughs> it is important to me too, believe me. And um, my favorite is mint chocolate chip, but my whole goal of having that community is to connect people and connect mm. them in conversations that are meaningful. Now, all right, obviously we're doing this through online. So there's only so much meaning people are going to get. So there's an occasion I'm like, well, Let's see. Let's see what um, AI, I might ask AI, you know, like come up with some thought provoking questions. I usually don't use them. Most of the time, the questions that I come up with in my community, just like I said to you before, Lisa, it's because I've listened and those questions mm -hmm. have come up in real conversations. And then I just turn around and say, wow, that was a good, great conversation. Why don't I schedule that as a question in my group? Yeah, you've been inspired by many things that have come up. But I would also add this to even the the fun questions like, you know, favorite ice cream or whatever, chocolate, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even that, and especially in the context of what you do. Okay, so this is a community where we're connecting with each other. Right. Well, one of the ways that we first connect and you described this beautifully before is by, you know, finding something that you have in common. And most of the time, the first and easiest way to connect is by something that isn't quite so serious or intense. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I bonded with people over something big. But if you're like, ice cream is important to me, suddenly we're besties. If you say you like tacos, we're that's it. Forget it. You're not getting rid of me, right? Yeah. So those are fun, simple ways to, you know, start the conversation. Yeah. And so you're helping others in the community. You know, I've had some beautiful conversations with many of the members already. And that starts from a little, oh, hey, you like that too? Or, oh, I'm feeling this. Yeah, that, you know, that, that resonates big or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great starting point. So that 
ties back to your purpose. So it can work. Any content. I post ridiculous reels on Instagram and they have a purpose besides the fact that I love them and that's productive is they are stress management. They are me expressing myself in a way that's fitting for me because I love like, uh, oh goodness, reductio ad absurdum is a Latin phrase, right? For for reducing things to the absurd to make people think. Yes. And it's my favorite thing. Oh my God, I love it so much. Like second only to ice cream. But yeah, just making people go, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and it catches them. So a lot of my, you know, funny, silly reels, I mean, it is to make people laugh, but then also to make them think. So it has a purpose. So it works. Yes. And you can combine the two. So I'm not saying like, don't ever use AI, but like, here's an example. You love tacos. You love ice cream. Like you meet a person who loves tacos and ice cream, which I do too. So we can be besties too. Now that's genuine. That comes from you. That's like core to who you are and you love connecting. So then you take it and you're like, you could say to AI, write a quick social media caption. The best thing would be to have a picture of you with a taco or a picture of you with the ice cream. But let's say you don't have it. Maybe it's the middle of February and all your local ice cream shop is closed and your freezer is sadly out of ice creams. Then you say, you know what? I'm dreaming about ice cream. And you could post, I'm dreaming about ice cream. Anybody else? Ask ChatGPT, can you whip up a social media caption for me? Can I have an image of an ice cream cone in the middle of, you know, a snowman holding an ice cream cone? You know what I'm saying? Like, so you've come up with it and then you're using technology to help you execute it and yeah. deliver it instead of you spending hours trying to find that stock photo. Of course, paying attention to copyright, paying attention to usage and commercial use license. Yes, you have to have commercial use license, even if it's for social media. If it's for your business, it's commercial use. Sorry. The photographer in me has to say that. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So taking a piece of you that's kind of relatable and connectable and then using AI to be like, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. Boom. AI can like help be the vehicle to get this into my scheduler right now. Or like you do your, your reels. The one you did with Liz was hilarious, but the idea and the, the uniqueness comes from you. And then you can use AI to help you create that, put the captions on, what, whatever, you know, put some graphics in there. I love that. I love that because it is like when I say heavy lifting, I think that there are places we can get a hand. And I love what you described of the idea of the intern, right? Or like a junior executive, we're like, I'm not handing you the keys to the kingdom here. I'm not trusting you with that. No offense. You got to learn, but you can help in the following ways and executing and delivering so that you know what kind of connection you want to make. You've created and worked on that foundation. And then AI can be like, I'll give you a hand and you'll be like, yes. And yeah. And that, that's a win-win for us. I love that. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's super powerful. I think it's a great tool and a total time saver. Yes. We have to wait and see how the copyright issue shakes out that I'm a wait and see kind of person on this one, but assuming that those have no negative repercussions for the people who use it or any ethical issues, putting those aside, I think it's a fantastic tool. And I just think it can help you focus on the stuff that makes you awesome. 
focus on that connection, right? I love that. That sounds like a great place for us to wrap up. So before we get into our fun little rapid wrap up, could you tell us where we can find you online? Absolutely. So you can always find me on my website, www.christinemcshane.com. But I would love to invite your listeners to come join one or both of my companion communities. They both have a free community on Facebook. One is called Busy People Networking. And Lisa is a member of that. And the other one is called Effective Content Creation with Purpose. Because I don't believe in creating content just for checking off boxes. I believe it's going to have a purpose. You really want it to be effective. So I invite anybody to search those. I'll give you the links. You can put them in the show notes. Or just follow me on Instagram at Christine McShane Creative. You'll find Christine if you follow me. I'll make sure to have these links in the show notes as well. So it'll be easy to find. And are you ready for the rapid wrap up? I think so. Bring it, Lisa. You are. Bring it. All right. You're filling in the blanks for me here, Christine. A song that lifts my spirits, makes me dance. All right. So the the song that I've been addicted to is called Sister of Pearl by Abeo. It was, I don't know if you watched the show Umbrella Academy. I can't remember which season it was in, but they used it. I think that show uses music very well. And so they had this really fun scene with that song in it. And so I immediately went and looked it up and added it to all my playlists. So just a fun, just kind of like happy song. Oh, that sounds great. And I will be adding that to the Positively Living podcast Spotify playlist. I don't know if it's still volume three. It might be volume four at this point because we got a lot of great songs collected. Okay, how about? A quote or a mantra that inspires me or maybe that I love to share a lot? I say this one all the time. I can't take credit for it. My old boss used to say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It doesn't mean sloppy is acceptable. It doesn't mean shoddy work. It doesn't mean lazy, but it's like at some point you got to ship the product. At some point you got to just, you just got to do it. I'll tell you this, there was a, I posted my own version of that on Instagram and it had said something like, no one's going to buy from that sales email sitting in your draft folder, no matter how perfect you're trying to make it. And I got such a big response from that. And people joined my community after that. They're like, you're right. Like, I just need to just, just sometimes you just got to do it. Imperfect action, especially if you tend toward perfectionism is probably still really, really great action. Don't underestimate. And also don't underestimate some of the sloppy. I have posted some reels where I'm like, there was a typo and my hair looks like a hot mess and it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And what's the one that gets the most engagement, Christine? Any guesses? Oh, oh, I know for sure. Hands down. Oh, yeah. If you look like a hot mess, like that's going to be the one that does the best. Well, and there you go. So all the more reason to just do the thing, take the action. Absolutely. Okay. How about a resource, anything, a book, an app, you name it, that just made my life better? Gosh, I have so many apps, but I will say my transcription app. And I recommend that anybody, I don't know if any of your guests have ever recommended this before. I use an app called otter.ai, but there's plenty of other ones that do the same thing. But I am a content creator, so I get inspired all the time. And I just whip out my phone and I just talk into the app. It saves the note, transcribes it. And when I go back to actually schedule my content and put it in, typos and all, it's there, right? And I caught it when I was passionate about it. 
No, in that moment. And this is especially important if you are an external processor. I learned early on that I love to have conversations like this. And, and when I'm, you know, in the middle of an interview, I'm like, oh, what did I just say? So you're right. And then, of course, it's a really productive way to create content is if you start with a video or you start with a conversation to audio like this and then you use the transcription, it's easy for you to put it in all different other kinds of form content. Yes. I don't think I said it that well. It's a lot easier than I actually described it, but there you have it. Okay. And all right, last, we got one more, but it's definitely not least. What are you grateful for today, Christine? Oh my gosh. I am just, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm just always grateful for my health and the health and safety of my kids. That's first and foremost, always. But I'm just grateful it's summer in New England and it's beautiful out and there's just nothing like it here. There's just nothing like it. So I'm grateful for that. That good weather and that sun that just lifts your spirits mm. for sure. Well, I am definitely grateful for summer and also very much grateful for you. And I want to thank you, Christine for shining your light so brilliantly in this world and for coming here to share it with us. Thank you, Lisa. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.